like both of us wanted to call out, but we also knew that because it's a Monday, it was very likely that our third coworker would call out. So we Does both. Does she even have guilt? Because I don't think so. I don't think she gives a shit. Like, <laughs> think if you all called out, she would still call out. Yeah. She sounds like a monster. Um. Because obviously she's not really sick. but we didn't have a show last week and i was traveling for a bit i think the weekend before maybe Mm -hmm. to my uncle's birthday party and while i was driving it i i wondered to myself i don't know why it all came into place but i was like i wonder if we have a one-star rating on itunes from somebody who didn't like the way i drive (laughs) (laughs) why would you because i have a license plate frame with our podcast oh wow that would be pretty great you know what i'll accept that yeah i figured if that's the person then cool that's (laughs) hilarious i love that also sidebar mike stinson i saw the movie resurrection i hope that you get to as well because i can't i can't have uh, marissa watch it and so i don't know how to talk to somebody about this movie (laughs) and part of me wants to just ruin it for marissa but like it's one of those things where if you're watching it and you don't know what's coming you're like what the you know like like men oh yeah how the ending of men sort of unfolded it it was to that level where so anyway um mike i hope you get to see that and uh and and you enjoy it Let's keep talking about Mike Stinson. Um, I was over his house the other day, and I said, hope you're ready. Halloween's around the corner. You promised us a story this year. And I think he said, no, I didn't. (laughs) And I became furious. (laughs) And I think I put the fear in him. So Mike Stinson, you owe us a story this year. He did say he did, didn't he? I don't recall. He was like, I gave you one last year. I'm not taking any sides. (laughs) I was like, oh, ho, ho. Giving us a link that you didn't vet to make sure it was an appropriate level is not giving us a story. We're going to have to turn to his girlfriend for for some content. (laughs) (laughs) Fiance. Congratulations. Let's stop talking about our loyal listener, Mike Stimson. Uh, Pete, you're ready for an icebreaker. Break it. Okay. If you don't like this one, I'll give you a different one. But you're walking down the street, Halloween night. You see kids dressed as the clown from It, the Kardashians, uh, a Pokemon, uh, Dracula. Tell me a Halloween costume that if you saw it, and you could even decide whether it's an adult or a child, would just bring you so much joy. Like, what would you just love to see on the streets on Halloween? I think a lot of it has to do with who's wearing it. Yeah, so paint me a picture of who's wearing it. That can be included. I feel like I feel like a lot of it has to do with, like, it's got to be a kid, and, and I don't think this is easy. Mm-hmm. Because I don't know exactly how long it takes for a, a, a baby to learn... I guess, walking. (laughs) Okay. Because, like, a a kid who's trying to learn... A kid who's learning to walk in January isn't going to still be learning to walk in October. So you have to be, like, within this area here where, like, you just learned to walk and you're kind of a little wobbly. Okay. Um, and, And as long as you have, like, an adorable face, I mean, you could be a little businessman. Like Boss Baby, you could be Scooby Doo. Um, yeah, I feel like the kid who's who's wearing it would put all the joy in me for the costume. Okay. Does it matter the gender? Joy. That's the thing that I'm 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 stuck on. Okay. That's the but thing I'm always stuck on, right? Joy. <laughs> be like, like. You need to be like, this wins out. Like, it just needs to make you happy. It just needs to, or, or impressed. 
Like, what is the best Halloween costume you could see in the wild? Like, if a little kid... I never uh, do my icebreakers, right? But if I saw a little kid done up like Mr. T, I'd be like, yeah. I don't like that. Why? That kid doesn't know who Mr. T is. Oh, okay. And also... You don't know that. A father could be like, son, this is the day I show you Mr. T. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. You better go. Okay. I didn't have an answer when I made up this icebreaker, but I've decided I want a father-son combo, but it's a mixed-race family, and I want the father to be Blade, and I want the son to be Deacon Frost. I don't know what the fuck the comic book looks like. I want it to be Stephen Dorsch, Deacon Frost, So, and I want him, like... He has to have the fangs. He has to have the cool hairdo. Uh, he needs to be covered in blood. And he's like, I only know Deacon Frost off the top of my head in that scene where he's like in his hands to the sky and his button-up shirt is open. So hopefully it's warm because I want the kid to embody that. And I want the father to just be full-on Wesley Snipes blade. So I want a father and son blade combo. Not the comic books. It has to be Wesley Snipes and Stephen Dorff, or I don't care. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. I don't know what's going oh, on outside, see- guys. I'm sorry. Let me just add this. Stephen yeah. Dorff has chest hair, and I said if it's going to be an open button up shirt, I want that kid to have badly adhered chest hair added. <laughs> That's unfortunate. Why? <laughs> For the kid. Whatever. The kid loves... Blade, even though he's not allowed to see it, but he's seen pictures, and he was like, whoa, I want it. But not the comics. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I I would... I think that Marissa and I come to Halloween from two different angles. I think Marissa sees a a personal connection to Halloween. It's a chance Mm -hmm. to embody some darkness, but still get away with it, you know? Yeah. Um... I like just hokey, dumb, off the top, like off the wall shit. Like if somebody's dressed like a turkey, if somebody's dressed like a shopping cart, just dumb shit <laughs> like that. Like, <laughs> how would if someone's, you, you know, are the, they're those like weird, like they're those those costumes where, like, okay, look- okay, this would bring me joy. Little kid, dressed like a fried chicken leg. Okay, that's cute. I would be like, what? (laughs) I liked, I was inspired by what you said, and I wanted a kid dressed as a turkey in a shopping cart. He was all of that. But yeah, turkey leg. You said chicken leg? Turkey leg? Fried chicken leg? Yeah, I I said fried chicken leg, um, only because I want it to be like fried. I want it to be breaded. I don't want it to be like like a roasted turkey leg that you get at a renaissance fair. Can it be, first of all, it's a smoked turkey leg. It's not oh, roast. excuse me. It's specifically smoked and tastes like ham. Ugh, so jarring when a kind of meat tastes like a different meat. I had one and I was like, why does this taste like ham? Anyway, um, can it be KFC branded? I'd prefer it's not. Okay. All right. Thank you for answering that. I can't wait to see how you segue to a topic. Marissa, what do you think of when I say Robert Bigelow? Shit. Why does that name sound familiar? Okay. I don't know, but I know that name. I've definitely heard something about Robert Bigelow in a podcast. What do you think about when I mention Skinwalker Ranch? Oh, does Robert Bigelow own Skinwalker Ranch? He That's did. where all that natural stuff happens. Yes. Oh, that's it? I mean, what you remember any like uh, even abstract things that occurred on Skinwalker Ranch? I recall from my last podcast episode a lot of people seeing like floating shit, and that's not the scary. Oh, and and cows being like disemboweled. Yeah, yeah, that's what I remember off the top of my head. So, Robert Bigelow. 
bought Skinwalker Ranch in 1996. Mm-hmm. Um, we're looking at, uh, I thought I had it in my notes. I know I looked it up before. But we're talking about a number of acres. <laughs> yeah, it's like a huge ass. Uh, yeah, some like, people say as much as 100 acres, but home. some of them have it around 70 some acres. Okay. Uh, in Utah, he bought mm-hmm. it for $200,000. Wow, I didn't realize it was that cheap. Which is quite a steal. And that was in 1996. Uh-huh. Adjusted for inflation, that I guess would be, that's not a that would be three hundred and like fifty thousand dollars. So it's still oh. not much. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, but he owned it for twenty years before he sold it to Brandon Fugal. Fugal. Um, I don't know. I see this guy all the time, and I still don't know how to say his name. And I'll explain why I see him all the time. Okay. Um, via his company, Adamantium Real Estate LLC. Most of the science, air quote, science, that we have uh, to prove that Skinwalker Ranch is spooky came from his time there, Robert Bigelow's time there. Uh-huh. He founded NIDS, which conducted studies on the land. NIDS, which is a terrible name, stands yes. for the National Institute for Discovery Science. Mm-hmm. The next part I'm going to do for you guys is really me just reading an article because um it was it was just done so well i couldn't do it better so this is a from a piece from the new yorker uh by gideon lewis kraus robert bigelow was three years old in the spring of 1947 when his grandparents were almost run off the road by a glowing object in the mountains of northwest las vegas Mm -hmm. the nevada desert of of the early atomic age was one of the few places a child could see nuclear tests or rocket launches from his backyard. Ooh, <laughs> good thing. And Bigelow's dreams of space exploration commingled with his curiosity about UFOs. In the late 1960s, when he was in his early 20s, he began to invest in real estate, first in Las Vegas and then across the Southwest, and eventually made a fortune with Budget Suites of America, a chain of extended stay motels. Okay. Later, he founded a private company, Bigelow Airs Aerospace, to build an inflatable, I'm sorry, to build inflatable astronaut habitats. Plural. Not just one. I'm sorry, what does that mean? Um, it's, it's something you can live in or work in, and it's inflatable. Like, um, like if you wanted to live on the moon? No, um, if you were like, I don't know. <laughs> okay, continue. I would ask. Because there's no way to like ensure that gravity is going to happen in an inflatable thing, right? Yeah. But they have used them before on space stations. Oh, so, okay. So they use them in space stations, not on planets. Am I, I guess, a dummy? No, no. It's a good question. Um, and I did look up what they were. But I still don't have a good idea of how to explain it. I'm, I saw them, so I was like, "Oh, you know how like um, you know how they have those laundry baskets that like fold up into a flat thing." Yeah. <laughs> or they have tents in cartoons where you just like throw them and they open up and it's a perfect tent. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of what these things are like. <laughs> okay, gotcha. In 1995, he established the National Institute for Discovery Science which described itself as a privately funded science institute engaged in research of aerial phenomena, animal mutations, and other related anomalous phenomena. Ooh, that's an interesting thing that I don't think is related, (laughs) but okay. Among the consultants he hired were Hal Puthoff, whose work in paranormal studies dated back decades to Project Stargate, a CAIA program to investigate how remote viewing, a form of long-distance ESP, might be useful uh, in Cold War espionage. Fucking kidding me? <laughs> the Who's next... What? <laughs> that needs to be its own show. <laughs> the next year, Bigelow purchased Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, here we go. This uh, I was way off. A 408-acre parcel... <laughs> 
Holy shit. A few hours southeast of Salt Lake City, named okay. for a shape-shifting Navajo witch. Mm. Its previous owners had described being driven away by... I don't know that word. I'm just going to say glowing spheres, exsanguinated yeah. cattle, and wolf-like creatures impervious to gunshots. In 2004, in the wake of a purported decrease in domestic paranormal activity, Bigelow shut down his institute, but he kept the ranch. Okay. <laughs> in two, I'm getting to it, guys. All right. <laughs> in yeah, 2007. Walker Ranch? Is that your topic? It's more about Robert Bigelow. But I also don't want to make it seem like I'm making fun of Robert Bigelow, even though I'm going to make fun of Robert Bigelow. Okay. In 2007, Bigelow received a letter from a senior official. Marissa, you're going to love this. Okay. <laughs> um, from a senior official at the Defense Intelligence Agency who was curious about Skinwalker Ranch. Bigelow connected him to an old friend from the Nevada desert, Senator Harry Reid, who was then the Senate Majority Leader, and the two men met to discuss their common interest in UFOs. Oh, that sounds amazing. The DIA official later visited Skinwalker Ranch, where, from a double-wide observation trailer on site, he is said to have had a spectral encounter. Uh, As one Bigelow affiliate described it, he saw a quote-unquote topological figure that quote-unquote appeared in midair and quote-unquote went from pretzel-shaped to Mobius strip-shaped. <laughs> okay, that's stupid. Do I should I know what topological means? Um, n- no. Okay. <laughs> should I? I mean, probably. <laughs> When I think of that, I think of like uh, something that has like uh, 3D substance to it. That's what I think of. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I I was walking and I tripped and I probably gave myself a new bruise. Did you? <laughs> uh, so Senator Reed reached out to Senator Ted Stevens of Alaska, who believed he'd seen a UFO as a pilot in the Second World War, and Senator Daniel Inui. Of Hawaii, okay. in the 2008 supplemental. I think you meant ingenue. I didn't. <laughs> okay. In 2008, this is what I'm trying to get to. Okay, guys. In the 2008 supplemental appropriations bill, 22 million dollars of so-called black money was set aside for a new program. The Pentagon was not enthusiastic, as one former intelligence official put it. "Quote." There were some government officials who said, we shouldn't be doing this. It, this is really ridiculous. This is a waste of money. <laughs> and then Harry Reid would call them out of a meeting and say, I want you to be doing this. This is appropriated. It was sort wait, of like... Wait, a, wait, where's the black money? What do you mean black money? Oh, we're going to get there. <laughs> okay. It was sort of like a joke that bordered on an annoyance, and people worried that if all this came out, that the government was spending money on this, it would be a bad story. The advanced oh, yeah. aerospace, <laughs> the, the advanced aerospace weapon system applications program was announced in a public solicitation for bids to examine the future of warfare. UFOs were not mentioned explicitly, but according to Reed, the subtext was clear that they were going to do some research about UFOs. An animal animal mutation. In a way, yes. It was basically like, how can we study all these things that happen at Skinwalker Ranch? Not necessarily... See, I got ahead of myself already, but how can we examine all of these things and if necessary or if, if possible, sort of use the technology that we discover to work on our own stuff? Mm-hmm. Okay. Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, or... Um, A Bigelow Aerospace subsidiary was the only bidder. Okay. When Bigelow won the government contract, he contacted the same cohort of paranormal investigators who he had worked with at his institute. So basically, there was $22 million up to study UFOs, Mm -hmm. and the only person who bid on it 
was Harry Reid's friend, Robert Bigelow. <laughs> yeah. So, of course, he won. <laughs> yeah. This is still from the same article. Bigelow believes, as one source put it to me, that there are aliens walking around at the supermarket. <laughs> according, oh. <laughs> according to an article by M.J. Banias on the website The Debrief, Bigelow hired investigators to look into reports at Skinwalker Ranch of dog-leg creatures who smelled of sulfur and goblins with long, pendulous Ooh. arms. As well That's as fun. as well as UFO activity near Mount Shasta. The program appears to have produced little more than a series of thirty-eight papers, all classified except one, about the kind of technology a UFO might exploit, including work on theoretic the theoretical viability of warp drives and space-time metric engineering. Bigelow's researchers, convinced that the crash debris was being hidden in some remote hangar, wanted access to the government's classified data on UFOs. In June of 2009, Senator Reid filed a request that the program be awarded restricted special access, oh, or man. SAP I status. <laughs> I wish I was, oh, man, I wish I was part of this. Friends with a, friends with a senator. <laughs> I know. The portions of the report that were leaked to Tom McMillan, along with additional sections that I was mate that I was able to review, again, the writer of the article, were almost exclusively about UFOs, and the information provided was not limited to mere sightings. It included a photo of supposed tracking device that supposed aliens had supposedly implanted in a supposed abductee. <laughs> Can I just say that I know people, one person who has had top-secret clearance, they don't anymore. But boy, I'm so jealous. <laughs> As one former government official told me, the report arrived here and I read the whole thing and immediate, con immediately concluded that releasing it would be a disaster. <laughs> In November 2009, the Defense Department preemptorily denied the request for SAP access, um, meaning that they didn't get that top secret access that they wanted. Boo. So ultimately... This is not the article. But ultimately, um, Robert Bigelow plans a lot of expensive projects, like the Inflatable mm -hmm. Space Hotel, Space Labs, and other space destinations. Okay. Steps towards these things took place, but I wouldn't count any of it to be worth the millions of dollars that he has put into them, or in this particular case, collected from them. <laughs> I mean, says you. But that's honestly because I usually think of what you could do with billions of dollars. Like, what you could do to help people, not what you could do to get to space. <laughs> yeah. And maybe this is why I don't have millions of dollars. Mm. Yeah. But about that ranch and the $22 million bid that he won. Mm -hmm. So Bigelow buys the ranch for $200,000 in 1996. He got a government contract for $22 million, and then later he sold it. Two people have come out as former employees who were attached to the ranch during the period of study um, that the grant paid for. They have similar in complaints, but it's hard to verify that they were actually those people you know, that <laughs> were there. Why did he sell it? Um... He probably made a, a good penny off of it because it yeah, was but, so popular by the time he ended up selling it. Yeah, but then he doesn't really care about paranormal research. Oh, he does. They had similar complaints, including broken security cameras, dogs, cattle, and humans that were used as biosensors to test the effects of UFOs. Oh, no. Tests of employee urine and brain scans. And all of this, like I said before, is kind of speculation because the whistleblowers are not allowed to, you know, reveal their identities because of NDA. So it could also be somebody just making shit up. I get it. I mean, what's wrong with urine samples? Don't plenty of jobs take urine samples? Um, yes, but this was like daily. <laughs> okay, that's a little weird. You would go out on patrol they would give you a bottle to pee in, and then when you came back, you gave it to them. What do you gotta hide, guys? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give anyone my pee. So, Bigelow sold the ranch to uh, Jason, was it? Brandon. Brandon Fugel. 
And Brandon Fugel, in an even more brilliant business move, bought the ranch and immediately trademarked the the name Skinwalker Ranch. So now he can collect money off of that. And then he also set up a contract with the History Channel to run the show, The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Oh, fuck that. Which I believe is on its... It finished its fourth season? And it's a History Channel show, guys. It's brilliant. It's it's wonderful. You watch it, and the the men in it are so excited, and... <laughs> It's it's just it's really fun to watch. But basically, they're still running tests and things like that. Um, so some like people, hunts, but on Skinwalker Ranch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, some people have like radiation burns. Some people like get sick on camera. You know, just different things like that. Okay. Oh, and the the lead guy who's new to the whole experience. He's like our in. He is uh, a rocket scientist, and the dude just loves shooting rockets up in the air. <laughs> like. Is there a point to it in terms of paranormal investigation? Well, in the latest season, they shot a rocket up in the air, Marissa, and you know what it did? What? It shot off in a different direction than it was supposed to. Almost as if it ran into something. uh, What? How about that? (laughs) So I told you about all the alien stuff. What are we thinking, Marissa? You had $22 million. How much would you peel off for... uh... I'm sorry, you have a lot more than $22 million, how much money would you peel off for uh, space research or something like that? Mm, See, I don't care about space. I care about paranormal. And I don't... Are those the same? I mean, you sound a lot like Robert Bigelow. Because in February 2020... Bigelow lost his wife of 55 years, Diane Mona Bigelow. As it may not surprise you, months later, in June 2020, he founded the Bigelow Institute for Consciousness Studies to support investigations into life after death. I love this dude, man. In January 2021, he put up an award of $1 million for anyone who could demonstrate the existence of life after death. Man, and no one? Ew, that bums me out. (laughs) Well, not necessarily. The mission statement of this organization is to communicate, facilitate, educate, and organize scientific research and exploration into the survival of human consciousness. These efforts shall focus particularly on consciousness surviving permanent bodily death. Additionally, research and investigations shall embrace all areas of human consciousness that can acquire information and or cause effects upon space, time, animate or inanimate subject matter without the use of conventional means. I can't tell you what the last sentence means. (laughs) Yeah, I don't believe it. I like this guy. Honestly, well, I'll say this. Do I wish he would, like, help the world in in a way that, like, helped poor, hungry people. Yeah, that would be great. But millionaires never do that. So, I like what he's doing, considering <laughs> the other options. Well, Marissa, I would like to tell you um, that this very rich man mm-hmm. oversees this organization, mm-hmm. and this is their website. Okay. look like a dumb geo cities god <laughs> if you'd like to follow along at home you can go to bigelowinstitute.org why guys <laughs> and you might have heard in the past that i was very excited to be a card carrying mufon member but they don't have a good website either why does nobody who deals with the paranormal or it's... extraterrestrials have a good fucking website look i I know that I say this about everything that I know, but if I can make a good-looking website, anybody can make a good-looking website. <laughs> yeah, I'm disturbed, Pete. Well, Marissa, they're hiring if you'd like to, um, but it's not remote. You have to move to Vegas. Yeah, okay. No, thank you. But I did want to draw your attention to the contest that they had. Ooh. The um, Ooh. 29, that's right. 29 winning contest entries. <laughs> Wait, what does that even... 
Yeah, the top prize was a half a million dollars. <laughs> wow. And the papers were about life after death, basically. Um, I don't know how much science they had to put into them because it's called an essay contest. It's not called like a research paper <laughs> contest. That's really weird. But it looks like most of the people who won were doctors. So I'm kind of curious. I'm going to check out this website, even though it looks like it was made on GeoCities. Yeah, you can download every single person who won's um, paper and you can read them. But Okay, that's pretty cool. I kind of got a little bored. Oh, none of them had any information that was... Well, they're all written so formally and academically, I was just like, yawn. I don't feel like, mm. you know. <laughs> yeah, okay. But yeah, in the um, news section, they still have that the contest is, is open from November 1st of 2021. So, that's odd. <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> clearly... Ugh, God... You should just offer to... I thought about it, yeah. <laughs> just emailing and being like, can I help you? <laughs> <laughs> I think you should. Yeah, if you want to follow along, I'm looking at a, a website that doesn't fit right on the screen. I'm looking at text that has a drop shadow. All these things. There's like all this bad spacing and overlapping. And yeah. All and some pages have this little secret that you might not know about. If you scroll to the right, you get the oh. <laughs> please contact us. <laughs> That's beautiful. So what I'm saying is, I guess even if you're uh, a millionaire, you know, you could still misinvest your money. <laughs> I got lost in my in my document oh it's because I'm on my La Brea one sorry <laughs> okay so far their work has included as we saw making a terrible website and running an essay contest they haven't done anything else <laughs> but Robert Billow, Bigelow is not done dishing out the dough Ooh, alliteration. Yes. <laughs> Last month, Las Vegas space entrepreneur who is financing afterlife and UFO research and believes that aliens walk among us has Hi. given an astronomical sum to Florida Governor Rick DeSant Ron DeSantis's political committee. Ten million dollars. <laughs> Holy shit. Okay. Now. I was, can I just say something quickly, though? I, I like, I like you know, people looking into this shit. But I feel like to focus on paranormal and or to focus on afterlife and aliens is biting off more than you could chew. Like, like, yeah, you're not like no one's like a, a master of like Victorian literature and like, God, now I can't think of a different kind Kung of literature. Fu, honestly, and, like <laughs> pick one fucking topic and put your whole everything into that. Those are, those are not the same. Why do people keep putting aliens and fucking ghosts in the same yeah. bag? Anyway, continue. With at least 42 billionaires backing him, DeSantis recently convened top donors and fellow governors for a, con a confab in Fort Lauderdale. Um, what does that mean? I don't what know. <laughs> Sorry, guys. If you know what a confab is, I don't want to Google it. Call it the 570-POD-WAD-1. Um, and he scheduled a Monday meeting with mega donors in Utah, which would include our friend uh, Robert Bigelow. DeSantis okay. has steadily avoided talk of any presidential ambitions, saying that he's only focused on his reelection in Florida this fall. So why would Robert Bigelow, a billionaire from Nevada, give $10 million to a man who's the governor of Florida for his reelection? <laughs> Because that man proved that there is life after death. <laughs> Ten times. Yeah. Conservative DeSantis is known for shutting down sanctuary cities in Florida, even though there weren't any, saying that Florida won't invest in woke corporations, opposing same-sex marriage, supporting yeah. fines for businesses that demand vaccine proof, and reducing right. taxes on companies that don't practice green initiatives. Well, that's nice. So my conclusion today is that um, 
even weird rich people are rich people, and it seems like all rich people kind of suck. <laughs> oh, that's a shame. Hi. <laughs> but I'll say that fiscally, you give your money to DeSantis because he's going to try to keep your money in your wallet. So mm-hmm. I get it. Yeah, I guess so. Is DeSantis into ghosts though? If he's not into ghosts, no. he doesn't deserve no, money. No, he's into. Um, I think I think human cruelty would be a good way. <laughs> and freedom. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Well, okay. Well, that is that. Is that it? That is it. It's interesting because I. I don't know why I thought you did an episode on Skinwalker Ranch, but it's because my sad life is so full of podcasts, I can't tell where one ends and another begins. Yeah. So sometimes I get confused if we cover something or if I heard last podcast. Um, I did know a lot about Skinwalker Ranch. Not that I know off the top of my head, but didn't I know much about Robert Bigelow, so thank you for that. Um, I, I will just, n- not rushing us along, but before I forget, I will say if you want to hear more about Skinwalker Ranch specifically, I really recommend the last podcast on the list. The last podcast on the left episode on Skinwalker Ranch, where it really talks about all the sightings and the spookiness. Um, but yeah, I just always feel like these rich people, you hear something and you're like, ooh, it sounds like they're using their money for something cool. But then either nothing comes of it or they just do something so shitty that it like overshadows that. Yeah, that's what sort of threw me off. He's talking about these like inflatable space hotels and shit, and it would cost. I think a million dollars to go and stay in one. And it's like, uh-huh. who's that for? <laughs> yeah. Or Elon Musk. I don't know. Oh, lame. And really got and ultimately it doesn't happen. So what are you I doing, know. man? <laughs> I feel like, like it never ends up happening, but guys, I'm just going to say again, again, you know, why it doesn't happen. Cause you're focusing too many things at once. Mm-hmm. Focus on aliens or focus on dead stuff. We're focused on spooky, okay? Aliens and spooky are not one and the same, all right? And, you know, that could be a criticism for our podcast. <laughs> what that? Some people like that we do completely different topics every week. <laughs> but I could see, for somebody who doesn't actually know us, it not being easy to sort of just trust us that something is going to be interesting this week. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? We're not Robert Bigelow. <laughs> and that was not much of an argument, but that's what I'm saying. So, um, so yeah, I used my mom's Xfinity login so that I could watch the latest season of The Secrets of Skinwalker Ranch. Because, again, these adult men are just so excited about the possibility of aliens. Um, there was a rancher who like had cows grazing on the land basically the cows eat the grass which keeps the grass from growing out of control so Mm -hmm. if you're a cattle rancher you can drop your cows off at skinwalker ranch and they'll just get to stay there and roam around the what was it 700 uh, acres of land but isn't there a chance of them becoming disemboweled yes (laughs) and so in one of the episodes they were like this cow Marissa, I've never heard this phrase before. This cow has been acting really aggressive lately. (laughs) And I'm like, what? The cow could barely stand up, but when it could stand up, it would charge at people. (laughs) Oh, wow. And so, um, and then fall down. Uh, So, yeah, so the rancher had to come and and take his cow away and take it to the uh, vet to see what was going on. Don't worry. They didn't tie that thread up at all. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> Did anything ever get disemboweled on the show? No. Um, they no, have had cows just My die. Kids. Or animals. I just meant, I felt like that kept happening in stories, so I wonder if this is all bullshit. But continue what? Yeah, no, they have a lot of problems with radiation. They dig in the ground. They look in the sky. Um, that's pretty much it. They look in the sky? Is that a selling point? Well, I mean, they're investigating the sky and the ground. They're not really doing a ton with animals. It's probably because, you know, that is a very divisive topic for people. Yeah. But the fact that they use dogs as biosensors. Like, if a, if a dog got sick or a dog got scared, they'd be like, uh, something must be around. 
Let's get out of I mean, here. First of all, my dog would throw up when she... Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. They eat grass when they want to throw up? I don't know. I yeah, yeah, my yeah. dog throw up constantly. I, I don't feel like I'm like, oh, there's radiation. <laughs> but anyway, whatever. Interesting. I don't think I would like it because it doesn't sound spooky enough. But Skinwalker Ranch as a whole sounds spooky. Just that show I want. I want it grittier. The other part of it is like, if they did discover something significant, mm-hmm. like, would they just sit on it until that episode came out? Probably not. So, like... Yeah. Anyway. I don't know. I don't know why it bums me out that Robert Bigelow sold it. Oh, yeah. But, um, again, since the research continues, maybe he was like, hey, man, I made a ton of money off of this place already. I'm going to sell it to this guy. He's going to continue research. But he also, yeah, like, trademarked the name immediately, set up a bunch yeah, of, like, media talking. licensing contracts and stuff. <laughs> yeah, I like, that sounds, what a sellout. Yeah, which is why some people are coming out and uh, very broadly and sweepingly saying, Skinwalker Ranch is fake. It's a total hoax. <laughs> I hope not. I like to think it's real. And it's not the only paranormal ranch, Marissa. What's the other ones? Uh, there's one in Arizona. Um, okay. And I feel like there was one someplace else that I can't remember. Do you visit any of them or are they all like privately owned? I don't know. Okay. Well, cool. Thank you, Pete. You got it. plugs is that any plugs i do tell me i wanted to plug um the flagrant ones patreon okay. because it's the hollywood hollywood handbook guys mm-hmm. and recently they acquired all the episodes of their first show the reality show show <gasps> Ooh! and it's very fun to listen to and so i have to subscribe to the patreon in order to yeah. watch it but uh, and it's seven dollars for the tier that would that would get you that. Uh, um, uh, I give way too much pictures. <laughs> it's really it's really interesting because if you've listened, I picked I started late. Marissa listened to Hollywood Handbook way before me. She's much cooler than me. That's so cool. Um, but when you listen to them now, sometimes it's like they sound like they're kind of like, why are we doing this? Like, it sounds tired to them sometimes. <laughs> yeah, sure. But to listen to them when they were starting and how excited they were and how they took live calls and stuff, it's very fun um, to see the same guys in a completely different scenario starting things out rather than being a little tired of doing what they've been doing. <laughs> yeah, okay. That sounds fun. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. Until I have a job, I don't think I can give to any more Patreon. <laughs> That's um, fair. I am going to yet again plug... The rehearsal on HBO <laughs> starring Nathan Fielder. I finally got Pete to watch it. Um, he was, yeah, he had a critical eye right from the start, but but I, I I could I saw where his criticisms were coming from, but he did seem at least to find it weird. Have any other yes. thoughts? Yes. Um, in in trying to find. Not even like Googling it or something, but somehow, I think maybe because I was looking it up somewhere, you know how the internet is, it was like, hey, here's some articles about Nathan Fielder. And uh, yeah, they were all articles about how people didn't like him because of what he was trying to do. And I read a re- after I watched it, I read a review of the first episode and, and like a, a critic was very much like, what this man is trying to do is to demonstrate that you can manipulate situations and manipulate people by practicing speaking to them and and all this sort of stuff. So, like, taking the guesswork out of dealing with another person, all that sort of stuff, and, like, taking the autonomy of a person out of a situation. And it's like, that's a really big way to look at what he's trying to do (laughs) with the guy admitting that he doesn't have a degree, (laughs) a master's degree. Yeah, guys, so if, if you don't recall, I, I plugged this previously. This is basically a show where Nathan helps people prepare for a big life event by rehearsing for it. 
uh, hired actors to like be the people involved so the person could like practice conversations and practice what actions they're going to take. Uh, but it slowly morphs into something really weird and meta and is not. It does become very masturbatory. <laughs> yeah, but I still like it. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely a thing where you, you want to see what comes next. And um, I do not have HBO, so I have been relying on uh, bootleg copies to watch. And I still don't have episode five. And I got to tell you guys, I'm like, I really want to watch this. I, I want to see what happens. So it works. Yeah. It hooks you. Or it if doesn't. You like it, I could definitely yeah. see somebody being like, I'm turning this shit off. This is dumb. Yeah, I could totally see both sides, but I will just say, if you just want something so odd, like, so odd that, like, I can't wrap my mind around it. At one time, it became so meta that I, I started losing, I started losing, like, I couldn't grasp the threads anymore <laughs> of what actually was happening. But, uh, yeah, it's the weirdest reality show I've ever seen in my life. Um, a lot of people like Nathan Fielder from Nathan For You. I will say this is not anywhere near Nathan For You. It is so much more high concept but uh yeah if you just want something wacky give it a yeah. try the rehearsal. if you've seen the rehearsal or if you've seen men or if you <laughs> want to leave us a voicemail call us at 570-PODWOD1 remember we will not pick up and also remember if you don't want to talk you can also just text us there true you can also uh, sign up at our patreon patreon.com slash y'all heard um, you can leave comments there if you want. Uh, you can email us at shout at yallheard.me. Whatever and you'd like. You can always slide into my DMs in a non-sexual way at Vandal on Instagram. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. And, uh, yeah, be, be safe out there. COVID still exists contrary to popular belief. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Bye.